Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. My good friend Matthew Fisher, 30 years foreign correspondent and um, covered more than 20 international conflicts and uh, contributor to Global News, his uh, weekly column, something I always look forward to. And we talked to Matthew about his column on a weekly basis. And this week, and you'll see it at globalnews.ca, is uh, Harry and Meghan's move to Canada, a white-hot topic in B.C., something that we talked about quite a bit last weekend. And the issue that was being raised was, do Canadians have any responsibility to pay for security for Harry and Meghan? And my position was, well, we may not have specific responsibility, but if anything happens to them and the federal government of Canada is not contributing to their security, you know that it would be an international storm. But, uh, Matthew, thanks for taking the time. And, and you start out in the column. I found this really interesting because I can relate to this. My nieces and nephews can barely credit it, but when my four brothers and I went to school in a small town in northwestern Ontario back in the 1950s and early 60s, I was like late 60s, every morning began with God Save the Queen. But I remember that. It was part of our daily routine. How are you? I'm very well. A lot of memories. And that, that happened together if you want, Roy. I'm sorry? We can sing it together if you want. Oh, I don't. I think we'd scare people. I mean, I know I would. But really, it was a part of our everyday life. It's how we began the day. And as you write in your column, the sun well, the sun never set on the British Empire, and it still doesn't. Technically, it doesn't. It's a curious little point of history. But in the winter solstice of the uh, summer uh, of the southern hemisphere, uh, between Pitcairn Island in the Pacific Ocean and Diego Garcia, an archipelago in the Indian Ocean, the, the sun is still up, and those are British territories, so the sun doesn't set. And uh, I, we looked, Roy, at those maps every morning at school, the big ones in just about every classroom that had great masses of pink daubed on them, and that was the color of the empire in Canada and Australia and the other dominions uh, were painted in uh, pink as well. And there was always a portrait of Her Majesty, of our monarch, our sovereign, at the front of the room, too. So uh, it was a different era. The royal family meant a much, much more. I saw the Queen for the first time myself in 1960 uh, in uh, what is now called Thunder Bay. And uh, for me, it was a great event. She was in an open convertible with her husband, and uh, she was wearing white, white silk gloves, and she waved to us as she went by, and I felt I was part of the show myself, <laughs> uh, and it was somehow very important to me at the time. Yeah. You write in the column how Prince Harry, um, who's the Queen's grandson, of course, has or is almost re replicating what his uh, great-great-uncle, the Duke of Windsor, uh, for a very brief time, King Edward VIII, did, and that is uh, engaged in self-exile. The former king self-exiled to the United States. Uh, Prince Harry is self-exiling to Canada. Let's speak about Tell us about that. Well, uh, the similarities are quite interesting. Uh, both of them uh, married uh, American divorcees. Uh, given that in the 1930s you couldn't uh, be divorced and remain a member of the royal family, it was part of the big abdication crisis of that time, uh, and Queen Elizabeth always blamed him because her father had not been 
prepared to become the king, uh, and uh, he couldn't really handle it, and he had a stutter uh, that he had to get rid of, a speech impediment, and he, he was under a lot of stress. Now we have uh, Harry basically repeating this history, and both of them had very strong, independent-minded American spouses who, back then it was thought, and today I think many people think with Meghan, that uh, these women are calling the shots really not the royals. So when when Harry self-exiles to Canada, you write that that uh, may be to try to mollify his grandmother because he's staying within a Commonwealth country. But the Queen, as you point out, um, was not necessarily all that receptive because uh, she's taken away Prince Harry's military titles, and that would be significant to him having served with distinction in the British military and being very active in the formation of the Invictus Games. She did that, and she took away his right to be call, uh, to call himself, uh, uh, to have the royal name as Royal Highness put in front of his name. Uh, that was taken away as well, and the military meant a lot, does mean a lot to Harry. He served in Afghanistan. He was an Apache assault helicopter pilot in combat, uh, decorated for that. Uh, the only real royal since the Second World War was Mountbatten and Prince, uh, Prince um, Philip to have served in combat uh, and did very well. And he's also been heavily responsible for the Invictus Games, which the Canadian government and the Canadian military have heartily embraced. So to take those things away from him and also, she's giving him some uh, problems about setting up sort of a business for himself and his wife as royals to, to, to make money off the name. She's taken a very dim view of this. So whatever the gambit was, and I think it was, go to Canada and that will somehow make the Queen happier than going directly to the United States. I think many people, myself included, think that's where he's going to end up. And that's where his wife wants to be in California. Uh, where she's from, but this was sort of a stopgap. Well, the the Queen would not have it. And so we've got these problems, as well as what you suggested in the beginning about the security and the the costs associated with the security for the royal family. So uh, she may be 95 years old. Uh, I think that's how old she is, but the Queen really did put her foot down. And, uh, and and there's no there's no recourse. The Queen is absolutely the the head of the household, the boss. And she let her, certainly let her grandson and her grandson's spouse know how she feels about what's going on. Is it your sense then, and I, I gather from what you just said to us, Matthew, that uh, that it really is Megan, the Duchess of Sussex, who is calling the shots, if I may say that? That certainly seems to be the way before Harry met her. He was dedicated to the British military and the royal family, uh, fulfilled a lot of the duties uh, that were required of him as a member of the royal household, and uh, was continuing to serve in the military. He met her, he got out of that, and then quickly there were all these wars with the paparazzi. Well, uh, the paparazzi have been at war with the royal family for a long time, Harry feels it very personally because his mother, he believes, died uh, in Paris 
uh, in that tunnel in that terrible accident yeah. because she was being hounded by the paparazzi. Uh, and so that was the pretext that they are using to leave. But there was no hint whatsoever before Harry met Meghan that this was going to happen. So I do think she has an awful lot to, uh, to do with this. And the estrangement between uh, Harry and William, which they have both now acknowledged, they, uh, they are not nearly as close as they once were. And the British tabloids, and I, it looks like it was true, uh, they behave outrageously a lot of the time. But they had it that Kate Middleton, the wife of, uh, of uh, Prince William, did not get along with Meghan, and that certainly also seems to be the case. It's a terrible state of affairs for the monarch at this age and with the problems Prince Andrew has had lately, uh, being involved uh, as, a, uh, as a friend at the minimum, maybe worse, with uh, a fellow who's uh, committed suicide rather than face charges of, uh, of pedophilia and rape and uh, God knows what else. So it's a very trying time. A few years ago, when Diana died, it was uh, in Latin, I think it was the Annus Horribilis, the, the terrible year. Well, this is a second terrible year for the monarch, but she's much older now. And also it means that uh, there, uh, Harry was doing a lot for the royal family. And to have him not in the equation in terms of duties, Prince Philip now has taken himself out. He's 97. He doesn't perform any royal duties, quite understandable at that age. Uh, the Queen is doing far less of them. And so it's Charles and William now, and Harry will not be helping out. This is not a good situation. And I, I guess things are very unhappy uh, at Buckingham Palace, Windsor Palace, uh, Sandringham Palace, all the different palaces that the royal family go to. Uh, I think there, there will be much unhappiness in every one of those palaces. Well, uh, Matthew, as always, great column, great insights, lots of thought, gives us lots to think about Harry and Meghan's move to Canada, a white-hot topic in B.C. Matthew Fisher's column, special to Global News. And uh, you can follow Matthew on Twitter at MFisherOverseas. Looking forward to speaking with you again next weekend. Matthew, thanks for the time. Thank you, Roy. All the best. All the best. Matthew Fisher. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.